0: Heavenly Father, thousands shall preach today. May their words be acceptable in your sight. Millions will worship you today. May their worship be acceptable in your sight. And both include the power of the Spirit watching over the preaching and the worshiping. For the sake of your kingdom, in our Lord's name, amen. He had asked a simple question. He said, Will you give me a drink of water? And instead of her saying, Yes, I can do that for you, she challenged him. You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan. Uh, How can you ask me for a drink? No, I'm not going to give you a drink. And Jesus said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and he was referring to himself, If you knew the gift of God, the indescribable gift, and who it is that asked you for a drink, you wouldn't show such attitude. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And God be praised that shortly thereafter, he gives her living water. And when the Spirit comes upon that occasion, then she does what the disciples do... Acts 1a, Jesus said, "Say in Jerusalem to the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the other ends of the earth. When she was finished speaking with Jesus, in a matter of minutes, like for the thief on the cross, she came to the faith. And later in that great chapter, John chapter 4, She, filled by the Holy Spirit, she having drunk these living waters, she doesn't go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. She goes back into the village, and she knocks on 200 doors, and she says, come out to Jacob's well. I think the Messiah is standing there. And by the time Jesus is through speaking with the 200 residents of Sychar, Many of them, the Bible says, many of them came to the faith. They believed he was the Messiah. Before I talk about a thirsty woman, let me talk about the disciples. We will bump into them in a couple of weeks. And after he dies, their thirst will be extraordinary. My mother, when dad died a year and six months ago, every time I called her, and it was often, same word came up all the time. She talked about how lonely she was, having been married to him for 65 years. And one time she spoke to me, she said, I thirst for your dad's presence. I thirst for your dad's presence. My sister has moved in with her, coming from Florida. She's been there for four months. I talk to my mother now, and it's so different. She has my sister there, she has her daughter there, and everything is different. They uh, thirsted for his presence when he was gone. (laughs) I'm talking about the disciples. They thirsted for his companionship, his smiles, his laughter, his earnestness, his kindness, his grace, his peace, his peace, his peace. They missed his peace. Whenever there was chaos with him, uh, there was instant peace. Storm blows up on the Sea of Galilee. He's sleeping down in the bottom part of the boat, They are as chaotic, his disciples, as is the storm. Don't you care we're about to drown? And he says, don't you know who's in the boat with you? Didn't you see the miracle I did four hours ago, feeding 10,000 people? He holds up his hand, there's peace. There is amazement on their part. Truly, this is the Son of God. My goodness, they saw hundreds of his miracles and hundreds of times those words should have come out of their mouth. Surely this is the son of God. They thirsted for his peace. One chaotic situation after another crippled man, 10 lepers, blind Bartimaeus, Zacchaeus up in the tree, rich young lawyer, 10,000 needing to be fed. One chaotic situation after another. And here comes Jesus. And here comes the peace that he unleashes in the form of a healing. Or a grace. Or a word. Or a teaching. Or a parable. Here comes Jesus. Even when the enemies came, they always brought their dark clouds. Whenever the scribes and Pharisees came, there were thunderstorms over their heads. And whenever Jesus saw him coming, uh, there was still that peace. They would throw one question after another at him in order to trap him. And he would have one question after another thrown back at them with a little smile on his face because they knew he had them. Here comes the enemies. Always great peace from him, save on one occasion When he had had enough and he said to them You're hypocrites, you are in the danger of hell Even on that cross The great peace that came Enough peace that a Roman centurion would say Truly this is the Son of God Enough peace that the thief dying next to him on the cross would say I believe in you, remember me when you come into your kingdom He brought peace and when he was gone, they thirsted for that companionship. And I guess above all else, they thirsted for that peace. We shall bump into the two disciples Sunday after Easter, as we always do. They're heading for Emmaus. Jesus comes amongst them and they said, we had hoped that he would be the one who would redeem Israel. But he died on a Friday. And all our hope is gone. The disciples would thirst for his presence. The woman. It's high noon. It's very hot across the shimmering parched earth. A woman trudges Toward the well outside of town. She was alone. The other women had been to the well already. They had come in the cool of the morning. But she had waited to the afternoon. There are two possible reasons why she was alone. There are two possible reasons why the other women in the town did not want to be with her. Number one, as you saw Pastor Shawers reading, this woman who had had, had five husbands, she had lived with number six. Psychar theologians believe maybe had a population of 200. Small towns can be filled with great people when a need arises. I grew up in Jasper, Minnesota, a 600 population. When some farmer got injured, the the entire town would rally around that family. But small towns are also notorious for chewing people up, for being bullies. If you're a little bit different, the whole town will be talking about you. And one of the reasons a woman came by herself, I am sure, having been married five times... And living with number six, she was the grist of the gossip mill of that town. Her life was not easy. There is a second reason, perhaps, why she came by herself, and that could have been her. I realize as I look at the story, she was one feisty woman, critical by nature, judgmental by nature. The poor guy, Jesus, asked her a simple question. Can you give me a drink of water? And she'd come right back at him instead of saying, yes, I can do that. You know, let me get some for you. Instead, she throws attitude at him. How dare you ask me? if you're, uh, Come on, I just ask you for a drink of water. How dare you ask me for a drink of water? You're a Jew, I'm a Gentile. And Jesus, a little bit taken aback, shows a little bit of attitude back. And he says, sir, my goodness, woman, if you knew the gift of God that was asking you for a drink, you'd be talking to me, asking me for a drink, and I'd fill you with living water and you'd never thirst again. So maybe the woman came by herself because a lot of people didn't want to be around her. When you're like that, a lot of people don't want to be around you except people that are like you. Her reputation was probably shot and her heart was wounded. Maybe that's why she responded to Jesus in the way she did. Maybe by nature she was a kind woman. But after five consecutive husbands had told you, get out of the house, maybe her kindness had melted away. And because of her life circumstances, she had become bitter. She brings a pot with her. That pot is going to be very heavy after she fills it with water. But the burden she carried was far heavier, and the burden was an empty soul. She had not expected life to turn out this way. She had not expected her life to turn out this way. You don't expect to be married five times. You expect to be married once, to live out your days with that individual she did not expect to be isolated from the people in Sychar whom she had grown up with she didn't expect that her kind nature would turn into a very bitter nature because of what had happened to her she didn't think things would turn out this way The dear disciples of Jesus, they followed him for three years. They had in their mind that he would be the answer for Israel. That he would set up an earthly kingdom. Even on that last day, the day when he serves them communion, Monday, Thursday. If you look at the Gospel of John, you're astonished at what takes place. Because on Monday, Thursday, after he gave them communion, the Gospel of John says, that's when they started arguing about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. I hope you come Monday, Thursday. It's always the most solemn service. At the very end, we clear the altar. We sing, go to dark Gethsemane. It's as quiet as it is on Good Friday evening. This first Monday, Thursday, is a sacred moment. And no sooner does Jesus give them communion than two of the disciples begin fighting each other about who's going to be greatest in the kingdom. I don't know if they toppled over chairs and started shoving each other. All I know is Jesus had to get involved. And that's when he brought out the bowl of water, and that's when he told them to sit down. And that's when he told him, stick out your feet. I'm going to wash your feet. And that's when he told him, if you want to be greatest in this kingdom you desire, you must be the servant of everyone else. Who's going to solve their problems when Jesus is gone? And they looked at each other when Jesus died and they said, let's hide in the upper room or we're going to be dying on the cross. They're going to be coming after us. And then they sent out people, how can we escape and get back to Galilee where we'll be semi-safe? They didn't expect things to turn out this way. There's never a week that goes by in this congregation that I don't bump into. We didn't expect things to turn out this way. There's never a week that for two or three of our families I do not hear or sense we didn't expect things to turn out this way. It's someone with cancer. It's someone who's worked 38 years at the same job and the company closed. It's someone who expected the college scholarship and busted up their knee. It's someone who finished very high in their class ranking and yet on their ACT test, the score was really bad and the school that they were expecting to go to Said, no, 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 scores too low. I didn't expect things to turn out this way. 21 years of age and addicted to alcohol and drugs, and I don't know where it came from. I didn't see it in him. I didn't see it in him. I didn't expect things to turn out this way. We're having a prayer at this service for a young boy, 10 years of age died of a brain tumor eight years ago, shortly after my son John passed away. And I visited the family often during that period of time. I didn't expect things to turn out this way. And here comes uh, Jesus. Here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus. If he had been there 20 minutes earlier or later, he'd have missed her. Here comes Jesus. say to you all the time, it was not fate or circumstance, it was God's direction. It was God's power, God's love, God's wisdom that comes into play. That Jesus is sitting there when the woman arrives. Sometimes God had people waiting for Jesus. I mean, Zacchaeus is up in that sycamore tree waiting for him. Blind Bartimaeus was in the spot he always was when he was begging. That was his spot. I'm sure he put his blanket there and said, this is Bartimaeus' spot. The ten lepers were waiting outside the village. Sometimes in the Bible, Jesus comes and they're already waiting for him. But there are a couple of occasions in the Bible where Jesus is sitting there waiting for them. And this is one of those occasions. He's in the marketplace that day waiting for the woman with the issue of blood to come. And when she comes, she's going to touch his robe. She's going to be healed. See, he is waiting patiently for the woman to come. And she comes and she bumps straight into God. She bumps straight into God. One of my shut-ins is Jack and Joe Johnson. And they live in a complex. And the door that you get out of the complex is on the right side. And two or three times as I've walked down the stairs and headed for the door, I've run straight into glass. Busted up my glasses one time, I ran straight into glass. This woman runs smack dab into God. And instead of banging her head against this invisible presence of God... His presence seeps into her. His presence seeps into her. I've told you many times when the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes, it uses a military term. And the military term is invasion. This woman is invaded by God. There is a worship experience going on. You say, not possible. There's no church, there's no altar, there's no candles, there's no sacrament. Uh, She can't be worshiping God. She certainly was. Thief on the cross is worshiping God as he's dying on Mount Calvary. You worship God when you step into his presence. Bible says, where two or more are gathered in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. Guess what? You don't need two. You only need one. You. 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 Mary Hamilton getting married this afternoon. She has stepped into God's presence. She is filled with joy. She's getting married this afternoon. She knows God's behind it. She knows she never should have met this guy, but God's behind it. Jeffrey Olson passed away yesterday, Dave and Carol Olson's son. And as I have been there these last three weeks, many times, dear Jeff, under hospice care, Down syndrome child, as I'm there, before he passes, the presence of God so strong in that room, so strong, you could literally reach out and touch it. You can worship God. You bump into his presence and he showers you with himself. What happened to the woman? Attitude gone. Attitude gone. Runs into the village where she's been ostracized. Knocks on one door after another, says to them, I have bumped into God. He is standing at Sychar's well. And they come out and they bump into God. And the Bible says that many in that village came to a faith. Many of them drank of that living water. So have you and I. We have drunk of that living water. And there was peace where there shouldn't have been peace. And there was grace and there was mercy and there was forgiveness because we bumped into the presence of God. In two weeks, I want to conclude this message on the woman at Sychar's well. Would you rise as we pray? I didn't expect it to turn out this way, and yet Edgar Fields, God be praised, is safe, and he is back on the East Coast. didn't expect his illness to come, but my goodness, I didn't expect God's healing to come so rapidly. Kevin Carstens here last week wasn't expecting pancreatic cancer at age 60, But my goodness gracious, the cancer is all gone. It's all gone. They can't find any sign of it. And he wasn't expecting such great grace. But it's there. Sometimes what we don't expect is very, very bad. And sometimes what we don't expect is very, very good. And the same Lord Jesus Christ is hand-in-hand with us in the very, very good, and he's hand-in-hand with us in the very, very bad, and he brings his peace. He brings his peace in our Savior's name. Amen.